This is Wessler Media. For me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt or they have something going on, and they're trying to figure out, how do I deal with this? And I always know Jesus has the answer. He has that next step for you. Let's open up the Word today and see what God will say specifically to you. Columbus, Ohio, welcome to Your Next Step. I'm Pastor Doug of the Church Next Door on the west side of Columbus, my beloved hometown. Our lead pastor, Pastor Doyle Jackson, is with me today. Pastor Doyle, good to see you. It's good to be here. And we've got Jennifer with us as well, your wife. It's a privilege. We always say how beautiful she is, but I think we also, what people can't tell is that she smells awful nice oh. as well. Oh, wow. So when we came in to record today, I was like, Jennifer's here. You That's know, right. it smells a lot better That's than right. when it's when it's just, just the guys. guys. That's <laughs> right. That's so, right. And uh, today on Your Next Step, we are talking about a fellow named Abe. This is not Honest Abe, Abraham Lincoln, that we all learned about in grade school, but it's somebody that you may have learned about about that same time. This is Faithful Abe. Abraham of the book of Genesis. Yeah, I, what I love about Abraham is that he he's the he's the ultimate first example of what it means to be a God follower. And he doesn't the other thing is he's not young. You know, yeah. most uh, most of us in our culture, we tend to be followers of God at an early age. Most people who come to faith come to faith in an, in an earlier age range in our culture. How old was he when he left, what is it, Ur, Ur of, of the, the Chaldees? <laughs> yeah, was he... F- I thought he was closer was he, to 70. Yeah, 70? I think you're right, 70, yeah. like 75, really? somewhere yeah. on there. Yeah, because oh. yeah. see, he's he's uh, in his uh, close to 100, well, he's 100 when he yeah. gets pregnant. Right. Or, That's right. Well, his wife gets pregnant. Yes. Let's right. be clear. Let's clarify. We, we, <laughs> we believe that women are the ones that get pregnant even today, you know. But um, he... Um, He's he leaves everything behind. One of the things about him that's interesting is is that he was an idol worshiper, an idol maker. Yeah. Okay, so let me ask was you a question: Was he or just his father? Both. Well, he, if he's close to seventy, mm, he there's there's was. there's it's highly unlikely that he had some other form of of living. He mm-hmm. he left all that behind. That's so, amazing. Uh, so let me ask you a question because. I have my answer for this, but have you ever known someone who grew up worshiping idols and they later came to know Christ or came to know God or or you knew them when they made that transition to the kingdom of God? Do you do you know what it is for someone to be a an idol worshiper? And I'm not talking about you know, a Christian that has side hobbies that are their idols. I'm right. talking about people that literally worshipped hard idolatry and actual yes, yes. image or false god. I led yeah. a woman to Christ who was Hindu, and her husband was very strong Hindu, and she would wear beautiful saris and she would wear a bindi in the center of her forehead, and she had real bindis of all sorts of jewels. So she yeah. would have an emerald, she would have a, a ruby. So these were actually expensive jewels. And anyway, she came to Christ and he was not a Christian yet. And we were, we were working through her past and healing and forgiveness and all of those things. And one day I said, well, what about 
you think maybe you need to take the bindi off. And she's like, oh man, wow, that's, this is getting hard because that's, this is actual, you know, these are jewels. And so I said, well, just think about it, pray about it. Yeah, I know that's a big step. And so anyway, she, she actually got to a point where she chose to do that on her own, but she would have nightmares and see herself in a mirror in the dream with the bindi on. It was such a stronghold to break free from that. But ultimately, she and her husband, and then they raised their children in a Christian home. They all came to Christ, were baptized, and just beautiful family, really, really beautiful family. But it was not an easy or quick process, I guess is what I'm saying, Mm -hmm. to to leave the old behind. And it would be really hard. Imagine you've already left your country behind, your family behind, and then to leave all of that and serve the Lord. That's right. Mm-hmm. See, what, what? How about you, Doug? I was, I was the reason I'm asking this question. I'll get to, but, uh-huh. but you know, there's a there's a lot of people that don't believe it's right for us to even have that conversation with somebody. Right. Invite someone to leave behind their religion. Mm-hmm. So, have you had that experience? Not with somebody that I'm close to. Yeah. But I did see one time there were these ladies. And they had opened up this handkerchief. This was in a cafeteria. And there was something in it, like a little ceramic man. And they said it was not Muhammad. Who would it have been? Um, Buddha. It, I, uh, okay. Yeah, they said it was Buddha, but not the okay. Buddha that I knew or something okay. to mm-hmm. that effect. That, yeah. That's probably the closest. Yeah. Mm. When I was a child... Um, we, we got to know a woman uh, from East Asia, is what I'll say. And um, she, had, um, she had married an American serviceman and ended up in America, but he was not a Christian. And, and um, he later left her, you know. And so now she's left in America. She's lost her culture. She's lost her people. And uh, someone brought her to our home because she was sick mm-hmm. and she was willing to do anything to be healed. And so we prayed for her and it was a process, but God healed her, mm-hmm. miraculously healed I remember her. That. But but what I remember as a child, as a little boy, my parents would just invite her to our home and we would have dinner with her and talk with her. And I would ask her, so what was it like growing up in your nation? And she would tell me stories. She said, you know, we were so poor, uh, and um, we would get these care packages from the American, uh, like Red Cross and different organizations, you know. And she said they would give us things that we didn't understand, like cheese. Like they gave them <laughs> they blocks used- of cheese, okay? And she said we thought it was like wax, and we tried to wax our wooden headboard of our bed with it, you know. <laughs> we were, were trying to use it, you know. And, and what I learned by that was... There's there's so big a difference between cultures. Does that make sense? And so we would laugh, and she would tell stories and how she missed home and cry. And in this process, we got to share Jesus with her. And then she got healed, and she left all this stuff behind. And And the reason I say this is because we have this instantaneous drive-through window approach to Christianity in America. Do life with people. Get to know them. Say, well, tell me why you do that, why you worship that way. And and in the process, that's how you, you share that. And that's what's so unique about Abraham. 
It, it appears that it's a God event somehow in his life, that, that, that he came to know the living and real God. And we hear this testimony from people too. People in Iran and Afghanistan and Pakistan, you know, they have visions of Jesus. They've heard of him now because of the gospel going out and because of Abraham. See, Abraham is, is the first among humans to come to the living God and, and start this story for us. Moses writes this down in, in the book of Genesis for us, but, but Abraham is this first transition from idolatry to the worship of the living God. And we as a church need to have the imagination that there are people out there that need the hope of God the way Abraham did. He's truly supposed to be our spiritual father That's in right. a sense. And what's really cool about Abraham is he not only left, he left behind anything that we that we struggle with, you know, that we want to leave behind. He understands that. And he really then entered into the promised land and all these these blessings, really, that God had for Abraham. And, and we have, he showed us that that's possible for us. That's right. Yeah, he's, he's called the, our, our father in, you know, Galatians 3, mm-hmm. Romans 4. Now, of course, b- before we got started today, we actually sang a little bit of that song, oh, Father yeah. Abraham, Father which is Abraham. one of my earliest memories, in not just in church, but I think in life. Probably. I is love being that. A little, it was so much You fun. know, preschooler stomping my feet, singing yeah. that song in the basement of some church. And then years later, you know, not fully understanding the scriptures, but have a little understanding. I said, well, no, that's not true because I'm not Jewish. And then years after that, mm-hmm. coming to Romans and Galatians, say, nope, that is true. It is true. Because I want to have the faith that he did. Mm-hmm. That's right. I, I, yeah, the Isaac moment. Are we even going to get to that today? Wow. Well, what I want what I want people to really think about is, do you know people that don't know God, and just begin to pray over their life, and and be willing to engage them, not judge them, not say that you listen. If you had um, some sort of cure, or some sort of resource that would help a single mom, wouldn't you offer it? I mean, if you had a resource that would help someone who uh, needed a little extra booth, wouldn't you do that? Well, that's what we believe the message of Jesus Christ is. It's a help for a hurting world. Now, it doesn't mean you, you try to force that. You just get to know the person so that you can see if there's any way you can help them and if they would be willing to have that conversation. Think of it in terms of your calling is to love everyone with the love of Christ. And that's why Abraham is important, because we still believe everyone needs God. Well, we can't be impatient. We want to just blurt out the gospel really quick. And to someone that has such a background, it's okay to be patient and to build a relationship with them. We're, we're being called out in a sense, like he, he was called out of idolatry. We're being called out of violence or cruelty, which is yeah. historically the way that we have gotten our, our, our will mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. And the Lord says, I don't want you to get your will done that way. What you're describing, Pastor Lewis, I I want you to get your will done by loving people. Yeah, yeah that's right. I think we're called out of uh, manipulation mm-hmm. to have control. That's our biggest problem is we're trying to figure out how to have control. And God says, I'm sovereign, and you need to trust me and my spirit and whatnot. 
So, so let's go back to Abraham. One of the things we talked about this week is how can we be more like Abraham? And I gave I gave three three kind of phases of Abraham or three realities of Abraham. He had a meaningful life, he had an active life, and he had a family life. And see, I, I believe that when you get to know God, it gives you a a meaningful life. It gives you purpose. I believe that when you get to know God, it uh, it's it's an active life, but it's it's built on faith and trusting God, and that's why you bring up Isaac. Of course, is he, he, Isaac is the ultimate example of his faith, but that also connects him to a family life. And I don't want to imply that every person needs to be married. No, no. If, if you're single, you're part of a family. You have a mom and a dad. You have possibly siblings, but you definitely should have a church family life. Mm-hmm. We were designed for community. It's, it's not healthy for us to be isolated and alone. It, and we, it, we know that more than any other generation because we tried it for a couple years and it didn't work. Yeah. Jesus mm-hmm. recreated a spiritual family in Matthew 12. He says, these are my brothers, my sisters, my mothers, those who do the That's will right. of God. That's right. So you can join a family and have those kind of relationships. That's exactly, I, I agree totally. My The favorite line that I think about with Abraham for me is, Abraham hoped against all hope. Yeah. He, he really was faith-filled, and he had that faith for the family. He had the faith to have Isaac even in old age. Yeah. Yeah, you you know, there's a, there's a lot of people we we don't get what we want from God and we drop that dream and we think, well, and we we kind of retrain ourselves that it's just not possible. He didn't. Mm-mm. He kept telling God, you know, you told me you were going to do this. <laughs> and and it's as much a testimony of Abraham as it is God. And I don't know, maybe there's something that you're going through right now, and you think, well, I'm going to drop that dream. I wonder if God, you need to ask God if he wants you to drop that dream, if, if that's still a promise that he has for you. Well, the bigger faith, Abraham, you know, that you would have thousands and thousands of descendants. <laughs> that took even more faith to believe that. You're, you're going to be as the sand in the sea and the stars in the sky. I mean, how could he even wrap his brain around that? That would have taken great faith. He never saw that in his lifetime. Now, again, I, I we talked about questions in heaven, you know, yeah. last time we were together. That would be a good... Could you imagine Abraham in heaven and he watches another person come in and it's like, man... <laughs> I didn't know I've, I'd have a kid in Colombia, you know? I mean, it's... <laughs> That's right. That's right. Here comes another one. Yeah. And he's constantly, you know, uh, he's referred to in Scripture as our example of that because of that. I mean, uh, statistically speaking, you know, to have have so many people globally who talk about you. That's that's one of the amazing things about Abraham. And he's this he's this real person, real father of promise, and he he gets the credit for being the God example for so many people. And I'm telling you what, what an honor. I mean, mm-hmm. what an amazing honor. 
And I think you and I can use it. So we, we were talking about, you know, people going from idol worshipers, you know, that's one of the things that, that we can use Abraham for. We can say, well, I'm a follower of Abraham. Mm, that's good. You're a follower of Jesus, but you're a follower of Abraham. Well, that gives you over half the population of the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's how Paul puts it in Romans 4. He says, we're not circumcised, the, the Gentile believers, the non-Jewish believers, but we do walk in the footsteps of faith that Abraham had before he was circumcised. So Paul draws that very comparison. That's right. So now that that's a challenge, and forgive me now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step into it for some of you. That's a challenge for part of the church right now, because there's some, there's some sections of Christianity that are wanting to abandon this part of our faith. They want to walk away from some of the Old Testament scriptures, and I believe that that is wrong. It's immoral. Uh, as a Christian. It's definitely unorthodox. And, and see, we have to challenge. If, if you have a pastor, if you have a Bible school teacher that's asking you to abandon that, that is wrong. That's, that's unthinkable uh, in terms of a New Testament approach to Christianity, because the, the authors of the Gospels and the, the letters to the early church all assumed that we would hang on to Abraham oh, and, yeah. and that, that he was a vital part of who we are. Now, they may have abandoned the, the legalistic rules of, of, the, of the Jewish uh, Pharisaic tradition, but we did not abandon that murder is murder, that idolatry is wrong, that you're not to to lust after the things of this world and and the the material things of your neighbor. Well, I mean, for me, if you if you didn't have the Old Testament, you lose out on all the wonderful lessons. And you think about the lessons that Abraham taught us, even after he exited, you know, idolatry. He what he marries Sarah. This her name means beautiful princess. So he has this gorgeous wife, and all you know, he has to kind of tell some small fibs <laughs> to protect her. So he wasn't a perfect, Abraham wasn't oh, perfect. Gosh, he was looking no. forward to the day that Christ was co- would come. And and also, I mean, you think about Hagar and, you know, I mean, they got ahead of God. They, you know, you all the lessons that you learned through his life. And even with Isaac, I mean, going up the mountain, I mean, there's a thousand lessons in those stories. You don't want to miss out on that. If you unhitch oh. yourself so That's to speak, right. from the Old Testament, you're going to miss out on so much truth. You know, I, I think of Abraham. He he teaches us how to pray. Oh, he teaches yeah. us intercession because of his approach to Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm-hmm. He, he teaches us to celebrate life with the birth of his son, but he also teaches us to celebrate death. He, he expends uh, precious money yeah. in finding a place for his his wife to be buried mm-hmm. he he establishes that there there should be an approach to the physical body mm-hmm. when we die that we don't take the physical body lightly yeah. that it's a gift from God see we, when we when we look at Abraham he's teaching us so much about how we even talk about modern day politics mm-hmm. because he he 
from the womb to the tomb, so to speak, right. God is God. And, and that's why Abraham is important. What I like in that story is, you know, those guys tried to haggle with him, which yeah. was, you know, what they were used to. So That's right. no harm, no foul. But still, they try to haggle for the price of Sarah's grave, and they start off mm-hmm. with some exorbitant number, and he just pays it. Mm-hmm. He's not right. even going to haggle with them <laughs> That's right. about burying his wife. He knows he's being fleeced, and he just gives it to him because this is not the time for that. Mm, it's not the so time much. for that, but he, he's also saying... My va- my wife is more precious to me yeah. than whatever you can say to me, even in her death. I he mean, loved people well, didn't he? He loved Lot so much, didn't he? You yeah. think about how he said, "You can make your choice and pick the yeah. the better land." I mean, he loved. Well, he he really loved Ishmael. Well. You know, oh, when, he did. when he was told that Isaac was huh. coming, he said, "Man, I wish Ishmael mm-hmm. got to enjoy this." And Ishmael came back and helped to to bury him. So even though there was. Ishmael was a difficult guy to get along with, and, and God himself said, send him away. And that becomes a New Testament lesson as well in, in Galatians 5. But still, he loved Ishmael, he did. which could not have been easy to do. Yeah. And, and now we haven't even talked about Keturah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much. That's what I'm saying. You cannot unhitch well, from this. He, he's, he yet marries again. He did. And fathers the Midianites. That's right. And, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean... Uh, that means, you know, God was never through with Abraham yes, that's until right. he went to be with God. But that's, a, that's, again, what would it have been like to have been 100 years old? You had the Ishmael experience, but then you had Isaac. And then that's now, right. all of a sudden, you start to have a bunch with Keturah. <laughs> I know. He, he had faith. I, that, he must have laughed. He must have just laughed and said, look at what the Lord did for me. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But this is also why we can say that he's a father of nations. It's why you and I today can say, you know what? I'm, I'm one of Abraham's children. There, there's so many reasons why I shouldn't be cared for that, you know, whether it's the fact that he was, a, he was an idol worshiper, that he, tr- he trusted his own flesh with Ishmael, that he, he grieved the loss of his, his beloved wife, and then God asked him to go on uh, again mm-hmm. and, and still love more children. See, God isn't through with no. you. And Abraham is a, is a testimony that God's promises are real, even when the world says that they're not. And, and today, I just want you to lean in. Let God's promise change your life. Would you pray for us, Doug? Absolutely. Father, we confess today, the three of us, as well as those listening along here this morning, that your promises are real, they are true, you are faithful to them. And we know that just as Abraham at the end of his life looked back and saw a lot of physical descendants, but also through the millennia, he has seen uncountable spiritual descendants. We know we are gonna see the fulfillment of your promises. We thank you in advance. And uh, we just ask to be drawn ever closer to you in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Miss part of the show today and want to hear more? Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. What I love about prayer is this, that you and I touch eternity, that we step into the throne room of God. We go to heaven, so to speak, in the sense that our voice reaches heaven, but it impacts earth. That's amazing. So let's do that right now. Let's pray over our giving today and see what God will do. 
So, Lord, we just want to come to you today, and and we want to to say, bless our giving, bless our generosity. Now, this is why, God, you know, we give. We give because you told us to give. We're generous because you're a generous God. But, God, sometimes we give it, and we don't really think about it much. And right now, we want to stop. In the middle of our week, we want to stop. In the middle of our busy day, we want to stop and say, you know, God, you're the one that's given us life and creativity today. You're the one that gives us breath and health. And and we're giving this week. We're, we're taking from the, the fruit of our labor. We're taking from our life and we're giving back to you. God, you know the people that we've been helping out. You know the individuals and you know the ministries that we're supporting And what we want you to do is to bless them. God, would you take the gift that we gave and would you multiply it? Not so that we would have to give less, but so that we could see that in our giving you do more. That your kingdom grows. Like the little boy who brought his loaves and his fishes and he said, sure, you can have it. Let us see the blessing from our giving. God, begin to show us the lives that are being transformed because we're helping the ministry, the church, the kingdom of God be established. God, it, it takes faith when we, when we give. It takes faith when we trust you. But God, now we're asking you, open our eyes. Help us to see the ways that our giving is working. May your love overflow and grow because that was Jesus' example to us and that's why we give and it's in his name we ask you to bless our giving today. Amen. You know, I know I know that that prayer was good and that you were part of that, but I want to take you to the next step because that's what we're all about here, right? So would you go to yournextstepnow.com? That's our website and give us your email address and we're going to give you our ebook. It's a prayer guide. This month, it's free. Know that it's free. It's not going to cost you. You just have to give me your email address, and then you and I can become prayer partners for the ministry. I need you to pray with me, agree with me. Our world needs revival. We need you to become a prayer partner. This community needs you. So go to yournextstepnow.com, give us your email address, and get your free prayer guide ebook today. This has been Your Next Step a ministry of The Church Next Door in Columbus, Ohio. We hope this has been an encouragement to you as you seek to have a deeper faith in Christ. If you'd like to hear today's show again or share it with a friend, look for Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. We'd love to see you soon at The Church Next Door. Easily find our service times and our app. I'm Pastor Doyle Jackson. Join us again next time for Your Next Step. I believe you're going to find people that have a genuine love for God and a genuine zeal for the truth. You don't have to dress super fancy. It's so lively and it's so much fun and just you leave like, oh, so refreshed. And I know I keep saying family, but that's what this place is for me. It's family. I'm Doyle Jackson, pastor of the church next door. People keep telling me how good it is to worship God together again. Well, Come join us. Visit us online at thechurchnextdoor.org. Stories are a way we relate to one another. It's hard to underestimate their importance. Wessler Media is here to help you preserve those stories that you hold dear. We'll produce a personal podcast, an audio scrapbook that will preserve those memories for generations to come. 
Get in touch today. Call toll-free or text 1-833-38-STORY, 1-833-38-STORY, or visit wesslermedia.com. That's W-E-S-S-L-E-R media.com. The production you just heard was carefully crafted at the studios of Wessler Media. For more powerfully engaging podcasts and other audio content, visit wesslermedia.com. Stories of overcoming adversity, intense and unexpected twists and turns, education, encouragement, and plenty of those, did you hear that, moments. Hear more and talk to us about creating your own podcast, from large and detailed projects to smaller, more personal-sized productions. That's wesslermedia.com. W-E-S-S-L-E-R-Media.com.